1: What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenzi here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all still relishing in the Bengals' 19-14 to win late on Saturday evening against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, hopefully... You've you've been great since. Hopefully you've been great since, and we've got a lot to get to on this edition of the Water Cooler Chat, talking some Cincinnati Bengals, some AFC North, and some other NFL headlines. Kind of a big news day on a lot of different fronts, particularly on the NFL side of things, so we're going to get to all of that. Appreciate all of the views, downloads, et cetera, of the post game show. It was a little late for me. I was a little tired, um, as I'm sure all of you were. I mean, I, I'm on the West Coast. You all that tuned in live were joining me on on the East Coast, I, I assume primarily. So uh, some of you stayed up real late to join live. Appreciate that and uh, tuning in, et cetera, all of that. Good to see everybody. Everybody's saying, hey, good to, good to see all of you. Uh, we've we've got some some things to get to, and and really some of the news here. Some of these things will maybe I, I'll even admit maybe contradict some of the things I said uh, Saturday night about the performance and whatnot. I think things as we take a step back from the immediate reaction, and obviously I know a lot of people were pointing out the fact that I may have been a little harsh on the team, you know, based on their performance and whatnot. Uh, I think we should have, and I should have just really kind of put into perspective a little bit more about, Hey, it's preseason week one. It's going to be vanilla. It's not going to be the prettiest thing. We knew that we knew, I think I mentioned on the, on the show too. We knew that not having a preseason last year also was going to, was going to maybe take effect in some ways, but overall, there are a lot of positives to take away and we'll get, that in just a second as always you can get this show whether it's this episode our wednesday big show other interviews other things that we do ace and zims orange is the new black and matt minnick's chalk talk all of which are on the cincy jungle podcast channel go get that on your favorite audio streamer whether that's itunes stitcher spotify google podcasts iHeartRadio, any of those go get that and then of course um you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's a little icon right here, I believe, that you can click and subscribe and get notified when we go live, when new material is available, all that stuff. We've got a couple surprises coming for you over the next uh, the course of about a, the next week or so. So keep it to us, and we appreciate the support. So let's go to some Bengals news. Let's get to it. Let's get to it right away. Cincinnati Bengals, as I mentioned, beat Uh, beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but unfortunately with it did come some trimming of the roster. This is courtesy of John Sheeran. Uh, This was as of yesterday. Um, The Bengals waived three players and trimmed the roster to 85, some of which were a little, um, uh, I, I don't know, I guess a little surprising in some ways, really not too much. Unfortunately, the wide receiver position just, showing off in a lot of different ways. And, um, you know, the, the Bengals waved Reese Horn and Riley Lees, two guys that um, kind of had a little bit of uphill to, to make the team based on all the talent they've amassed there. But Reese Horn, Riley Lees, and then tight end Pro Wells were all released to get Uh, the Bengals 285, and uh, they needed to do that to get down to that roster mark. So in case you had not heard yesterday, the Cincinnati Bengals released those three players, Reese Horn, Riley Lees, and tight end Pro Wells. Some of us really liked, particularly Lees and Wells. Uh, Those are two guys, you know, we thought maybe would have had a little bit of a shot to do something with the team, but Limited uh, preseason action for those guys. And unfortunately, they have been waived to this point. Um, let's keep it rolling with some more stuff coming out of the performance on Saturday. And I see, I think it's Eric Charles in the Facebook chat talking about Joseph Osai. Yes, there is a positive injury update on Joseph Osai. Dude was an animal on Saturday night. Five pressures. A sat- I mean, he was just everywhere uh, on on saturday night got his got his sack against tom brady there uh, as he took more snaps and kept playing very well unfortunately some people thought he had a broken wrist a shattered wrist bone of some kind that sort of thing but it appears that that is not the case and he will be ready for the week one opener so you can see here sunday dave lapham relayed that osai may osai may have had a fractured wrist um bangles.com editor jeff hobson reports that Osai didn't shatter any bones and the team believes he'll return in time for the regular season opener in just under three weeks i mean, we were talking about this on the post game show you know for the position he plays there is a possibility that he could have some sort of you know small cast brace whatever needs to to happen and still be effective in what he needs to do obviously it depends on the injury it depends on how Osai responds to treatment of that but it sounds like it's not as initial as serious as initially feared and he should be back for week one probably won't see him in the next couple of preseason games which is a bit of a shame would like to see him get some more snaps and obviously show off a bit more but the guy was incredible incredible on uh on Saturday night so a lot of high uh it looks like a high ceiling for this young man and a guy that has some Uh, growing in terms of learning the pro game and, and, you know, some nuances and stuff, but a lot of natural talent, a lot of athleticism. I think a lot of us were really happy that he played very well in that first game. Um, We'll see if that momentum can carry over right away into the regular season, but it doesn't look like he's going to be playing anymore in the preseason, unfortunately, but still better news than uh, we originally expected based on some of the reports out there. So um, that's, at least what's happening here uh, for Joseph Osai. Let's keep it rolling on. On that same note of Joseph Osai playing well and some good good news out of the game. There are a lot of positive. Uh, if you're a big PFF person, you gotta like what you saw from the the team and a little more of a deep dive into the team's performance shows you that a lot of players played pretty well and that's where again what I was talking about kind of an immediate reaction we say you know there were some ups and downs and there were some good reps and bad reps well turns out some of these things may have been a little bit more rosy than me or other Bengals fans may have thought initially and here we go here in the offensive line that the offensive line performance was something that really kind of stuck out as oh hey that's You know, we knew there were some good reps there. We knew there were some good reps there. We knew there was some not so great reps, but Deontay Smith and Michael Jordan had kind of the highlights of the night, so to speak. Deontay Smith led the Bengals offensive line with an 84.8 pass blocking grade. That is, that's pretty dang good. That's pretty dang good. Uh, he had very clean 16 snaps in pass protection, with 11 coming as the second team left guard and five as the ter- third team left tackle. Now, the one big glaring thing was when he was at left tackle, got beat on a run play, and and you know it kind of exploded in the backfield, caused a forced fumble, uh, did that miss block. But in pass pro, Deontay Smith is showing off really nicely. 84.8 pass blocking grade. Michael Jordan had an 80. So, you know, we the, there's kind of some talk about him and where, you know, there's still some whiffs in practice and and other things, but, um, you know, the, the pass-blocking grade of 80 in this game against the Buccaneers, you got to really like that. And um, he talked about how he has reshaped his body. There was an interview this week talking not only about Frank Pollock and how he has pushed him to be a better player, but also just in the way how he has worked out being Jordan this offseason, He really worked on conditioning. He mentioned something about being tired in games and that sort of thing, and he really made that a point of emphasis this time around. So, um, yeah, uh, he's he's looking pretty good, at least in pass protection of 80 in that first game. We'll see if he can uh, continue doing that going forward. Isaiah Prince also had a 71.3 grade in terms of PFF um, on 33 run blocking snaps. So you got to like that. 71.3 run blocking grade that is when some of the better runs later in the game were turned out by the team and by the running backs there chris evans and jacques patrick uh, having a couple of nice runs at the end of the game um still overall a little bit of a lack of consistency in the run game going going out there but still you gotta like some of these grades coming from the offensive linemen jacques patrick did have a 71.3 rushing grade so he played pretty well um some some Criticism, uh, I guess, constructive criticism from the coaches, more so for Chris Evans in terms of you know trying to not not necessarily do too much and something to the effect. I think it was Brian Callahan who said something to the effect of you know taking what's there. You know, some of these runs that he knew he could get in college aren't going to be there at the NFL level, so he needs to learn from that a little bit. But Patrick, seventy-one point three, he did finish with seventy-one yards on fifteen carries, um, and then you see the fifty-eight yards after. Contact is really, really solid by Patrick there, who who had a nice game. Trent Irwin, uh, who also had a very nice catch in practice on Monday. Trent Irwin uh, came away with a seventy nine point seven overall grade and led the offense. So uh, t- hauled in a tough catch over the middle, as you see, and um, yeah, three three catches, thirty five yards on five targets. So a good evening by Trenton irwin and then of course you've got Joseph osai and Darius Hodge um, 89.6 defense grades um, and then Dj reader had 90.2 but he only had four snaps so the uh, the defensive line played really really well and I think we have to uh we have to be pleased by that at practice today Luana rumo was also asked about the defense and the tackling in the contest and anna rumo said that he was really pleased with the with the tackling by the group Really, really pleased by the tackling of the group. So, um, hey, the, you, you got to you gotta tip your cap to uh, what the defense was doing there. And on Saturday, Trey Hendrickson was in on that sack with Joseph Osai. DJ Reader had that 90 grade on, on just four snaps. And by the way, good to see him back out there. He was a guy in the spring and summer who was on the rehab field Coming back from a big injury himself, so seeing him out there immediately in the preseason and grading well, uh, he did cause a pressure as well. Did uh, did DJ Reader go check out my uh, Sons. Go check out his Twitter account this week. He's got a lot of good film, as does our buddy Matt Minnick, on some of the things out there. Go go check out some of the film review there. Good stuff, and uh, and um, you know you'll see some of the great great blocks that are uh, excuse me great plays by defenders that were made by by Bengals players as well as some of the offensive line play that points to some of these grades so you gotta you know i know we could be critical i was uh, maybe a little more critical than people liked on saturday but as we take a step back and we really you know we all say this is week one this is preseason. things are going to be a bit vanilla there are a lot of things to still for this team to work on obviously but you saw jamar chase have a nice play you see deontay smith having a nice pass blocking grade michael jordan uh showing a bit of improvement some nice grades from the backup running backs so there's a lot to like out of this thing even though it was 1914 and there are some some ugliness that comes with preseason week one um there there are uh, some other uh some other things to pull away from there now uh, it, reportedly jamar chase and joe burrow had a very good day of practice on monday and uh so they are carrying on some momentum after being dragged through the mud about a week week and a half ago particularly joe burrow somewhat some questions about jamar chase There are a lot of Positive reviews, at least coming out of Monday's practice. So you can see here, Deontay Smith—he um, was the starting left guard on Monday. Not the case on Tuesday, but a starting left guard uh, getting first-team reps. There's our buddy James Rapine of All Bangles and the Locked On Bangles podcast relaying that. But Deontay Smith was getting first-team reps at left guard. Uh, Jackson Carmen still the third-team right guard there. Kind of a an up and down game for him on Saturday as well. But Quentin Spain. Uh, um, was was playing left guard with the first team in the 11s drill. Um, so there is there still a lot of rotation going on there. Um, but Jamar Chase looked really, really good. Um, you could see here, here's uh, we'll play this this video for you. this is on cincyjungle.com. but uh, a nice nice toe tap there. Um, there was also another play that uh, was in the end zone. they called incomplete. And uh, it looked pretty complete to me doing some toe tap drills. So Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow showing a lot of nice connections here. Here's another one right here. Um, I think this is the the toe tap that I was talking about here that they called out of bounds. Yeah, and it, if you slowed it down and still shot at that thing, he got he got both his feet in there. So uh, a couple of highlight grabs. Jamar Chase, a couple of very nice throws from Joe Burrow. And that's some of the sights and sounds from at least the offense on Monday. It was kind of the offense's show on Monday. Good to see them picking things back up and can, you know, continuing to improve, continuing to do a lot of different things and do them well after their name had kind of been dra- dragged through the mud a little bit in the previous days and weeks leading up to practice. So um, you got to like that. Speaking of which Joe Burrow, Recently, had kind of a I don't know what you would call this thing. Uh, uh, I don't know if expose is the right <laughs> is the right word, but on Sports Illustrated, the Monday Morning Quarterback column by Albert Breer came out, and there was an, a good piece on Joe Burrow's progress. He spoke with Albert Breer, and there was there was a couple of there were a couple of Quotes in here that are talking about the fact that Burrow still he he reiterated he had to go through the mental hurdle of you know those guys potentially being around his legs, his knees, all that sort of thing and get out, get out some of that skittishness. So this is a really cool article. Um, we'll, we'll put this on here since we always promote Cincy Jungle stuff. So you can, you know, to go to cincyjungle.com, but I will put this link in the live chats here for everybody to digest. Um, really good article in case you haven't read it yet by Albert Breer. You can see here, burrow here's a quote it was quote it was just getting reps getting people around me again after one of the days where i didn't play so well we went out early the next day and they were throwing bags at my legs while i was throwing we were simulating a pocket with some dummies and they were doing it during seven on sevens and individual routes and after that day it was really back to normal so um you know and there was another here's another good quote of from Zach Taylor here. He had taken ownership, was really cool, comfortable with what we were doing on offense, and he we found a rhythm and how we wanted to play last year. You look at his last four games. We played Cleveland here. We had two turnovers. We never punted the ball, so we felt like we were moving the ball. Played Tennessee, and all of our linemen went out, five new linemen, and we beat a good Tennessee team really because of his ownership of the system, just finding completions, moving the ball. Now, continuing on with some of that stuff there, Brian Callahan and Zach Taylor noted that right now burrow is kind of in some of these evening meetings with his receivers and his offensive players he's talking about hey i need you to do this with with this route or hey i'm looking for you to do this um uh, on this specific route he's talking to t higgins he's talking to jamar chase he's talking to tyler Boyd to make sure that these players are all on the same page and he's they stopped short of saying he's conducting the meetings they, they didn't say that but they said essentially he's kind of co-running things with the coaches and whatnot. So um, Joe Burrow kind of taken ownership of a lot of different things. And it sounds like once again, per the article, per other articles that we've talked about with Joe Burrow in his rehab process, that there was a last kind of final hurdle, a mental hurdle with some of the things in practice, guys flying at his knees and everything. And uh, they did some things to work on it. He seems to have gotten past it. Now, additionally, Zach Taylor on Monday said, no Joe Burrow this week against the Washington football team. He is not going to play this week in preseason week two. We don't know about week three yet. So, again, Joe Burrow, while, well, you know, it's things are looking great and sounding great in terms of him getting past this mental hurdle, so to speak, um, we still have not seen him against true, live, full speed, playing another team football action. Um, and I don't know if that's still going to be another hurdle for him to clear or not. Maybe he feels that he's beyond it, and that's awesome. I hope so, but uh, we don't. We will not be seeing him this weekend as the Bengals take, uh, take on the Washington football team for week two of the preseason. So um, that was announced by Zach Taylor on Monday as well as he talked to the media. Here's another little glimpse. The Bengals' rookie class is looking pretty good. I should have uh, sandwiched this back a little bit with – what we were talking about before, you know what, actually, I'm going to come back to that one because we're going to continue on with the sports illustrated sports illustrated stories on Joe Burrow. And Peter King is a, is a gentleman who is very well respected in the sports writing community. He has not always been very complimentary or gushing about the Cincinnati Bengals. He used to be a Bengals beat writer a while ago. And, uh, so um at any rate the uh the peter king says that he compared joe burrow to dan fouts so um here's the quote here i think joe burrow was dan fouts (laughs) there's a strong similarity uh I, i think The Bengals are going to play some games like the 1980s Chargers. I think they're going to lose some 41-33 and they're going to win games 38-35, a few games. I think that's the style of game they're going to play. So uh, that was a chat with Dan Horde and Peter King. I've said, I've kind of told people so far that um, if they're going to lose, they're going to lose fun this year. That's kind of how I've I've put it. So um, that's – That's uh, some interesting words from, from Peter King as he spoke to Dan Horde there. Uh, So let's go back to kind of what I was just talking about a second, just kind of continuing on the performances of Cincinnati Bengals players in the opener. uh, Cam sample says, uh, Cam samples performance flies under the radar. So you can see here, don't forget about sample when talking about the Bengals offensive line. This is Patrick Judas. Um, So, you, you can you can see here uh, uh, also Darius Hodge and Joseph Osai played very well um, so he played most sample played most of the game here and you can see here uh, sample got a sack right before the game ended when Tampa Bay needed time to set up a hail Mary um, it wasn't his only pressure so he, he played he played pretty well and he's a guy that has pegged to be moving around the different spots on the defensive line. He is a guy that is going to play some outside. He's going to kick inside on certain downs. Um, So they really like his versatility and they like the fact that they're going to be able to mix up looks on the defensive line here going forward. He's one of those guys that is going to be counted upon to do that. So we will, um, we'll we'll see exactly what the plan, how the plan unfolds, but you got to like some of the, some of the things you saw, particularly out of the rookies in the preseason game and on that defensive line. Got to like that. The Bengals had a real problem with, with generating pressure last year and, and really for the past couple of years. So they've really kind of invested heavily
0: on in some guys to be able to do that. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make Miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S Y L V A N 29.com. Let's go
1: real quickly. I don't want to keep harping on Jesse Bates' stuff, but Jesse Bates and uh, Trey Hendrickson did crack the NFL top 100 players of 21 list, whatever you want to make of that. Kind of has been a little bit of a rarity of late. Bates only came in at number 90 after being a second-team All-Pro safety, uh, and Hendrickson had a double-digit sack year, so he came in at 73 on this list. Take that for what you will. Believe what you want. Don't believe what you want, et cetera. Um, That is – that's where things are at right now um, on, the, on the NFL list. And I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know how much stock to take into that, but that's uh, that's something we just need to relay, I guess. Bates is coming in at number 90 and uh, Trey Hendrickson, 73rd best player on the top 100 list. A couple of things at Tuesday's practice before we move on here. Um, Kelsey Conway is a new beat writer working with the Inqu- inquirer um, talking about uh, covering the bangles and everything at, cl- at camp here she's got some videos here's some jamar chase work here on a little uh fade he gets a little one hand action there so um jamar chase doing some things on uh, tuesday at practice kelsey conway go follow her on twitter Um, she now, like I mentioned, covers the Bengals for the Cincinnati Inquirer. Here's another little tidbit just coming from Tuesday's practice from her. Um, she said she spoke with DJ reader who shared a very interesting nugget. Trey Hendrickson is the only player he's, he's ever played with who doesn't wear gloves. Reader says mostly all defensive linemen play with gloves on. He's the only DL he's seen play without gloves and at a high level. So, uh, Trey Hendrickson going gloveless, um, and DJ Readers never played with a defensive lineman who does that, and not at a at a high level, just a kind of a fun little thing to share there. Some more from Tuesday's practice. Mike Petroglia, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite uh Twitter follows here. Here is his uh a video here. You can see um, I think it's a woosier on uh chase, and there's a little bit of a drop there. Um, some good coverage there's been some good battles between the wide receivers and these new corners um, so uh, probably should have caught that Jamar Chase uh, on the sideline there but regardless um, some good work put in by the defense and then this is from the Cincinnati Bengals official account from just a little bit ago uh, this is T Higgins working on some things here corner toe tap like his counterpart uh, Jamar Chase, we'll take another look at that. He looks like he maybe got these in here. Here's this a little stutter coach is doing some drills. Maybe he didn't get that left foot in. I don't know, but uh, they're working on some things, and these guys are looking pretty good overall. Are the wide receivers couple more before? Uh, actually, we're going to transition to the AFC North. And before we do, just want to remind folks to get this show on their favorite audio streamer and, of course, on YouTube as well as Orange is the New Black, and of course matt minnick's chalk talk so let's go to the pittsburgh steelers some scary news really in the afc north for a couple of star players on other teams uh chase claypool did not he did not suffer a significant injury at practice today but he was helped off i think by ben roethlisberger and eric ebron um so gonna wait for a further diagnosis but uh they will um yeah they're they're waiting for more news there but he did suffer an injury does not appear to be uh serious that was this afternoon at Steelers practice there so a little bit of a sigh of relief there um for the Pittsburgh Steelers and not and them not potentially losing Chase Claypool so a little bit of an injury scare there and then, of course, they made some moves as well. We mentioned the Bengals made some moves. Uh, they have released defensive end Abdullah Anderson, defensive back Steph, uh, Stephen Denmark, wide receiver Isaiah McCoy, kicker Sam Sloman, and tackle Brandon Walton. So um, they have released a handful of players there, have the Steelers to uh, get to that 85 man roster mark. Going forward, so let's go. Let's cruise on down to the Cleveland Browns, shall we? Cleveland Browns. Um, Mac Wilson did have an MRI on his shoulder. The results. This is on uh, Dogs by Nature here. Mac Wilson d- had an MRI on his shoulder, and it looks like there's a a shoulder sprain. A, I think it was a grade one. I had read so. Um, he is, uh, he's going to miss a a little bit of time, but, um, not like a dislocation or a separation or some sort of clavicle break or anything like that, fortunately for him. So he is going to, um, he's going to maybe miss some time, but he did have an MRI on his shoulder and, uh, yeah, so not, not great news for him. A lot of injury news to some bigger names, like I mentioned in the uh in the afc north here let's do a little bit more cleveland brown news as we continue on they cut three players to get to 85 here so they placed on injured reserve ryan switzer and Steven carlson and then they waived cordell iwuagwu linebacker montrell meander and cornerback uh, Keandre Thomas. So, all of those uh, players are no longer with Cleveland to get them to the 85 man roster spot. Uh, and we, I guess, are going to continue with some AFC North injury news. The AFC North uh, has kind of been hit a little bit, but luckily it looks like some bullets have been dodged. Uh, Cornerback Marlon Humphrey left practice early. Um, He slipped, and then it said there's just some sort of a a strain, so nothing nothing serious there. But he stayed down for a little bit and limped to the locker room, according to Jeff Zrebiek, who uh, covers the team there. So Marlon Humphrey had a little bit of a scare And the Ravens had a little bit of a scare there with an injury situation with him at practice. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a rough Monday, but bounced back well at practice. And it's kind of like, well, I mean, what's the big deal about having a rough practice here and there? I mean, I guess every little snap or play by Lamar Jackson counts. He, he bounced back in a big way. He was 14 of 15 and 11 on 11 play. Um, but he did throw two picks on Monday. So on Tuesday, he he recovered well, played well, bounced back well. He's a guy who's looking for a contract extension. Obviously, practices aren't necessarily going to play all that much into that. But, uh, you know, you like to see if you're a Ravens fan, you like to see him bounce back and play well, which he did from Monday to Tuesday. So a couple of big news, in, bits of big news in the NFL And here we go. Here's the big one for at least a Bengals perspective. Jamal Andrew, uh, Jamal Adams did sign that monster extension. If you remember, we talked about last on last week's show that there was a, a big offer on the table to Jamal Adams. Um, and that now he signed, uh, signed that it's a four year, $72 million extension. So the Seahawks budged a tiny bit. I think it was at 70. Um, and 38 million guaranteed. So this is, he is the highest paid safety in the league. And this is undoubtedly one of the barometers that Jesse Bates camp will use. Now I don't a good person to ask. If you go on Twitter, um, go, go check out Andre Parada's Twitter account. We've had him on the show a couple of times. He's a really good guy with numbers and contracts and how they're structured. Uh, $72 million, uh, 4 year 72 million and the really the 38 million guaranteed makes I don't know this makes it hard to believe that the Bengals would step up and do something like that. They just don't pay that much guaranteed money really to anybody um and a, a position like safety where they don't they kind of value that a little bit down the pecking order here so um yeah that's uh that's kind of where where we're at with that but Adams getting a big big contract from the Seahawks, and um, that's that's unfortunately uh, where, <laughs> unfortunately, if you're the Bengals front office, that is where Jesse Bates' camp is undoubtedly going to be looking. So, um, and then again, I, I mentioned this to Simmons, Justin Simmons, rather. Um, he did have a sixty-one million dollar contract extension earlier this spring. Another guy who's right in there that top group of safeties in the NFL. So, big big contract for Jamal Adams, and that could impact the way. The Bengals and Jesse Bates view this contract extension. As you remember, they're at an impasse as of last week. We're hoping that things progress and heat up going forward, but uh, no no, no positive news on that front at this point. So this was another big thing, uh, another big piece of news from the NFL perspective. The Las Vegas Raiders become the first team. To require proof of COVID nineteen vaccination for home games at Allegiant Stadium, and if uh, I'm going to pin, I'm going to put this one in the live chat too because there's some uh, some different pieces of information there, and I think it's think it's worth talking about not only just because this is dominating the headlines COVID nineteen is around all kinds of different uh, spheres, but it's also uh, pertinent because a lot of folks um a lot of the Bengals play there this year so uh could be news for fans if they need uh if they are going to that game and then of course the Raiders are offering on-site vaccinations for fans as well on I believe it's on game day so um they are uh, the first team to do that and I am sure they will not be the last so uh, this is something to kind of monitor in terms of how other teams follow suit and where and and all of that. This is kind of the new thing that they're doing in lieu of limiting capacity as they did last year or not letting anyone in like last year. They are letting people in, but they want uh, folks to be vaccinated for that. So some big some big news uh, from a Bengals perspective and everything. Um, that is what's happening there. So the real quickly the panthers trade tackle greg little to the dolphins so uh 2022 seventh round pick um they trade him for that greg little was a guy um that was uh he's getting a chance elsewhere and so uh he was a second round pick um and they get a seventh-round pick next year. So um, the tackle market was there. If the Bengals wanted to make a move, they could have potentially done that here. They did not. But Greg Little, former second-round pick, is traded to the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, by the way, their offensive line is a bit of a mess at this point too. So then, of course, the other big headline, and then we will get out of here, the Jacksonville Jaguars among their cuts – they release Tim Tebow, was trying to find a new uh, NFL life as a tight end. He is been uh, among their first cut there. So he is um, going to be he's going to be done there. And uh, I, I don't know that he'll get another chance elsewhere. It did not work. Um, there was a couple of missed blocks, I guess, in the first game. And so now um, he is no longer with the team. And so big, I guess another big headline around the NFL there with Tim Tebow being released from the Jacksonville Jaguars, that is going to do it for us. And, uh, We've we got through a lot. We did a little shorter this time and hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Anthony Cazenza. I'll be joined by John Sharon at a special time of 630 Eastern tomorrow for our Wednesday show. So check that out. And we've got some other things coming to you. Thanks for all the support. Enjoy the rest of your week and we will be talking to you soon. Thanks.